Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I think also with these conversations, you just hit them with the, and what about you? You know, What about your butt? Yeah, what about your butt? Kia ora and welcome back to Horny on Main, the safe space for all questions of the heart and loins. I'm Melody Thomas. And I'm Elena Bates. And what we lack in professional qualifications, we sure make up for in enthusiasm and dedication to the subject matter. Some might call it a possession. But not really since we legitimised it. Is this legitimate? <laughs> I think I think that's I love that I love that line. It's totally legitimate. It yeah, legitimate. there's like cameras and yeah. it's like a green screen. Yeah. <laughs> like the you guys don't know this, screen. but it's a green screen. <laughs> Should we start with our vibe check? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. How are you feeling today? Are you feeling horny? Do you have a lust for life? Yeah, I think that you know, with these chickens. Generally, probably my answer is going to be feeling pretty lusty for life because that is my neutral state, I think, is I'm a lusty for life kind of um, person. And I I don't know if you've seen the Drew Barrymore videos yet. That I've definitely seen them. <laughs> so for anyone who hasn't, this can be your Google after this. Um, there's just a couple of cute videos, well, cute and like quite hectic videos yeah. of Drew Barrymore um, unleashing her inner child. One where she like finds a hidden window in her house behind a wall. And sobs. And <laughs> the new one was there. And then another one where she goes out in the rain and she's like, everybody, if you ever get a chance to be in the rain, be in the rain. And like it's quite, it is quite full on, okay. Not necessarily like, would, I wouldn't really go like the full Drew Barrymore, like all power to her, but. Like 20% of that energy is what I would like to bring to my everyday life. And also, like with the rain video, I was really feeling that the hottest patch I ever had was in the rain, was in like a downpour. I've never had that. It was, was, it was a movie thing. And it was in Married Life. I'll just, oh, okay. Yeah, we'll save that story for another later. day. <laughs> um, How are you feeling? Yeah, I, I'm also feeling pretty horny. Um, I put together a flat pack cabinet and... Oh my gosh. There is something about it. Like, I after that, I was like, I'm going to be a carpenter. It's over. Like, there's something about, like, the the my position. I was, like, sitting there, like, knees ajar, like, twisting <laughs> these things in, like... And you just feel so, like, capable. It is, eh? Like, what is so hot about capability and, like, competency? Yeah, it's I mean, real. I feel like once I made a bike, like in a workshop, and then another time in car, like the like in town, the bumper of my car kind of fell off, and I like got down and like shunted it on, and was covered in oil, and I was like, yeah, I'm feeling <laughs> myself so much. What is it? I mean, I think like there's maybe a bit of. I mean, this is like the boring answer, but like obviously, yeah. if some if you're like confident, like someone can like you can take care of things, like yeah. you survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vibes. Survivals. Good. Survival's yeah. the base for thriving. Like we need yeah. the survival baseline. Yeah. But also like like the position of your knees as you described that, I was like, they um <laughs> I'm I'm feeling that. So thank yeah. you for bringing that energy to us. Today's question, so um, obviously every episode we answer a question from our audience. Um, 
either emailed in, our email address will be at the end of the episode, or I'll send through to the Re News Instagram feed. And today's question is a question of the times, yeah, I, think. I think. It's a great one that I think lots of people are going to relate to. Yeah, I think quite a few of you might have wondered this at some point. It is, what is it with men and the obsession with anal? <laughs> and I'm guessing the implication, like we're talking about straight men for the most part in this question, I would say. Yeah, I think we're like safely assuming here that this person themselves isn't a man when they're, they're yeah. wondering like, what is it with these yeah, men? men over these here. Men. Yeah, um, Yeah, and I think like initially to start off, like you're not imagining things. Mm. Like it really is becoming more mainstream. Um, like obviously it's been around forever and obviously other communities, other sexualities have it's been more like commonplace. In 2021, Pornhub did a survey and it was the eighth most searched term. So like, it's not... And sixth most viewed. I actually thought that would be higher. Yeah. But that's, I mean, it's still high. It's top, top 10. Is. <laughs> but yeah, I did think, I did, yeah. It's yeah. not uncommon. Absolutely, you're not imagining things. Yeah, and I think, you know, times do be a changing, mm. like some of like the more um, intense, like cons like some of the more intense, you know, moral objections or, you yeah. know, things rooted in homophobia and like, you know, with the internet, people are getting more and more access to different types of sexual content or hearing about like what other people are doing. So things that were maybe like hush hush, like would not yeah. mention it, would not bring it up with a partner. Like those things are starting to like, be asked or be mentioned. Yeah, and in this person's experience mentioned a lot. Like I rem I was thinking back to when I was, um, you know, more engaged in dating and casual sex, which again was like, I don't know, 15 plus years ago. And I remember like one person in that time being like, oh, what do you think about this? And I was like, whoa, like kinky, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like crazy. it definitely wasn't in, yeah. in like straight interactions or male female interactions. I, I reckon it was it was very much like the outliers. Yeah. And that is not what you hear, would hear anecdotally today. So, yeah, not imagining things. Absolutely. We've talked about butt stuff a bit on Horny on Main. We've yeah. like gone into rimming and and a lot of the time we, you know, the answer, as long as everyone's like fully enthusiastic and exploring carefully and all of those things yeah. to most questions is like, like go for it, like fun. Yeah. Um, but I can understand if this person that's written into us, like if they're with a sexual partner or sexual partners who just keep asking and keep asking and keep asking when they're not that into it, like I can understand why you might not want to like hear from a man full stop for another few yeah, years or whatever. Like, like if another person brings up, you're like, snap, you're like, Fuck off, like why, yeah. what is the big deal? Yeah, exactly. And you know, I mean, if you're not attracted to butts, it might be hard to understand why yeah. you might want to do that. Yeah, so if we're breaking down like part of the like, what is the obsession? So yes, like it's a thing of the times and things are becoming less hush-hush that maybe were once, but also like part of this answer, even if it's depending on the person, not much of it, like at least part of it is their butts are hot. Yeah. Like, that's a juicy, that's a hot. Like, yeah. that's part of why men are, might be obsessed with anal sex. It's like, oh, new thing to explore, but it's a hot. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's another part of your body that your partners can engage with that is also, like, hidden, like, like mm. you know, your other genitalia. And, you know, I think it's, like, so obvious to say, but butts have that kind of, like, inbuilt, like, 
oh, this is wrong because the biological function of people's buttholes is, you know, to poo. So mm. poop comes out of it. So it has this, um, like, oh, it's naughty, it's wrong, it's illicit. Even if, like, socially there's nothing else going on, it is, like, you know... Still just got a little bit of that little flavour. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing this, but we're doing it, you yeah. know? And I think there's also, like, sometimes the unintended effects of the sexual liberation movement, sex positivity, you know, something that might have been, like, a disrespectful request... Yeah. ..might not feel that way anymore. Like, it, you know, I think there used to be a culture of, like, if you do that, like, you're a slut, you're a yeah, whatever, yeah. so, like, you wouldn't want to ask it of your partner, your long-term partner. Um, and so I think like anal straddles this world of being both now kind of on the table, not seen as like a really like rude or disrespectful mm. thing to bring up, but it still has that like what I mentioned earlier yeah. that like, oh, we, we maybe shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, like, like look at us go. Yeah, this yeah. is risky or. Mm. The, um, you know, we talk a lot or maybe I talk a lot, but I <laughs> I do talk a lot. We talk a lot about um, how sexual norms can become coercive or I think about it a lot because I think back in when I was more casually sexually active I you know went along with things because it was what was expected um so I think we always with something like this need to you know just be aware of um when I say coercive it's not necessarily although it sounds like that might be happening but it's not necessarily your partner being like let's do it come on can we do it yeah. like it can be much more subliminal than that it can be much more feeling like you know you are aboard the sex train destination anal town and there's <laughs> nothing you can do about it you know but but actually that's not real like your yeah. your sex train is going to like wherever you want to go to and anal town is like a little little side loop that you can choose to take if you want to it's not an inevitability yeah um yeah man because i think i feel like just the power of those scripts and expectations can be just so much and i can't i wish i'd looked it up just before this but i remember when i was looking through all the stats of um people who like talk about how they've whether they've had anal sex or not it was lower than I thought it was like mm. it was like I'll double check but it was like 15 to 20 percent or so, like 15 percent yeah. maybe like it was when you've got the feeling like everyone's doing something it can be good to google and be like oh actually like it's not just me being this like prude out here or whatever like exactly a lot of people aren't doing this and mm. I think like a lot of people's concern comes from like younger people Engaging. That's where my concern yeah. comes in. Where, like, maybe, like you said, the train, they don't know that they're in control of their train. They might yeah. end up putting a lot of, like, this person's the train driver of my train. Yeah, yeah. And there's so much research to back that up. There was a um, one study I remember from the UK that looked at 16 to 18-year-olds, and it was a pretty good sample size, um, and found that anal sex was a, was had become really coercive among these hetero mm. young people. And I'll read the quote here. The results showed that most teens' anal sex experiences occurred in a relationship setting, but first experiences with anal sex were rarely under circumstances of mutual exploration of sexual pleasure. Oh, that makes me feel a bit sick. Yeah. That's, that's hard to hear. Yeah. And that's, yeah... Yeah, that's because that's, I think that's why it's important to mention the age and experience because 
And maybe this is the mother and me and the mother and you as a, you know, you don't have kids, but you're a mother still. Yeah. I'm a mother. <laughs> but, you know, like someone who's older, know, like knows themselves. I feel like that person coming from a curious place being like, oh, maybe we want to try this is so yeah. different to your first relationship. Your partner's like, let's do this. Like it's, it shouldn't I, be the norm. Yeah. The expectation that it's going to be coercive. And especially like in terms of just learning to take care with your partner and, um, communication during sex like I just think yeah. your ability to do those things does get better as you age yeah and I think um, unfortunately with anal there seems to be like this horrible ghost hanging around from the past of like someone's no can become a yes if you keep asking mm. and you know I think when I hear the word obsession, maybe this person might have had experiences like that where they can't seem to let it go. Like, yeah. if I don't want to do it, that's that's the end of the conversation. Yeah, totally. Um, and Unless I, I bring it up at a later point myself because I'm like, oh, I've had a rethink of that, you know? like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think um, maybe part of why this person is seeing, feels like men are obsessed. I mean, we'll get into other reasons, yeah. but also in heterosex, men have traditionally been coded as like, yeah, like the driver, yeah. like they bring things to the table and the woman gets to say yes or no, so it can feel Sex like... Sex is something that boys do and girls have done to them, all that yeah. crap that we get coded, yeah. Yeah, so again, mm. like they may feel pressure to be like, oh, like I'm the person who thinks of things for us to try and like yeah. lots of my friends talk about this, so I'm going to, you know, ask... Well, that yeah, that was in that research. So, you know, to give some of these young, young men, boys, the benefit of the doubt in some way like it was um, a lot of them reported feeling a lot of pressure from their male friends yeah. to have tried it and I actually mentioned this to my husband and he was like oh my god imagine the pressure of like two virginities or whatever like as a young person for him there was already so much like have you done it yet have yeah. you done it yet now there's like the double yeah like have you done that yet as well like oh my gosh that's it's a lot that's a lot and then I think that can obviously lead into situations where um, consent is just not very respectfully navigated. And and so the, the most, I want to move on from the disturbing stuff, but I do have to mention that within that research, the bit that got me the most was that there was an expectation that boys would feel pleasure from anal sex, girls would feel pain. On both sides, that was the expectation, and it yeah. was not a disincentive. It was just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I don't think we can discount the effect of not only the social coercion, but just the imagery, the, the mm. mainstream pornography of yeah. anal sex often being shown as aggressive, painful, done to the woman yeah. with very little conversation about that. And I think, you know, there's some people who will enjoy anal sex because it does play into, you know, a, a dominant and submissive dynamic. And, you know, I think that that's fine, you know, if it's done um, with self-inquiry, discussion. A but bit if more it's, experience under the belt, I would say again. Yeah. yeah maybe. But mm. if there's just this, again, this default assumption that no one, no one um, takes the time to talk about that, the more masculine person will be penetrating the more yeah. feminine person. And if porn is the education on how to do it, that may be rough and they're, yeah, like you got to be more gentle with these areas that we're talking about. Like we, in other videos, we've talked more about like the how-to of yeah. anal stuff and the more lube and then not tearing and that kind of stuff. If you don't know those things, then you're in danger of actually hurting someone. Exactly, and mm. I think like, it, yeah, it's very much that thing of like, 
it's a sex act that you do to your partner. And I think, mm. you know, if if someone isn't concerned about whether the other person's actually enjoying it, like, that's a massive red flag. And also, I think, yeah. you know, obviously there's social factors at play and, you know, especially if you're young, you, you're maybe not the best at holding your own in these situations. But to be honest, it does also reflect... Um, quite strong strains of toxic masculinity and that they are fine with, like you said, they knew, they expected that their partner would enjoy it and they still would pursue it. Yeah. Like that to me reflects an entitlement to your desire being paramount. Yeah. And having very little concern for your sexual partner. Yeah. So, you know, I think there are people out there that pursue anal sex in this way or, you know, men especially that pursue yeah. anal sex in this way. And, like, yeah, that's extremely off-putting. Yeah, exactly. That's a no. That's a hard no there. You know, as always, a lot of this is going to come down to communication. And if you're with a partner who maybe it's more ongoing but they kind of keep bringing this up, then it could be worth trying to figure out where... If they keep going and keep going, then, like, no, like we're not having this conversation anymore. I'm over it. But if it's... If it's I guess I'm trying you're to... You're slightly open. Yeah, if you're yeah. open to the discussion, it could be good to figure out like where this is coming from because maybe your male partner is getting that pressure and maybe yeah. it's not even something that, you know, like have yeah. some convos and it's just so you know, like um, still and always an oops, I slipped is never going to be okay. Like that is not consensual anal sex. I don't know if that's happening these days. I'm sure it is. But that's not cool. Like yeah. that's never going to be... No. That's never a cool situation. Yeah, and I mean, I think also with these conversations, you just hit them with the, and what about you? you know, what about your butt? Yeah, what about your butt? Mm. Like, if they're so interested in engaging in these sorts of play and these forms of sex, like, people are allowed to have boundaries. And I think it's important to note that um, sometimes people's boundaries come from past experiences of sexual abuse. So it's yeah. not something like you can't assume that someone's saying no, oh, like you know, that they're being, like, a dickhead about it. Like, they yeah. might have genuine reasons why they're not comfortable with it. But if they're more than happy to keep pestering you and are super dismissive of the idea that you could also be enjoying their butt, like, again, red flag, absolute no-go. And in, our, in the wake of our conversation that we had before this series about pegging, I had some a couple of, um, I think, cis dudes get in touch and be like, exploring being pegged was amazing for my relationship with my girlfriend just for how I got to experience that feeling and mm. was so much more empathetic about yeah. what anal sex requires when it's like flipped yeah just through feeling that myself and like oh actually like it can't you gotta go gentle or like you know like yeah. all those considerations yeah. so like if you're that into it like give it a go yourself maybe and then exactly <laughs> and then we can talk yeah, so I think, like, maybe, like, trying to tie it up a little bit, like, the obsession with anal can come from so many different places, yeah. but I think maybe it's just, like, A, like, just more of, like, oh, that's something we do because we see it, we hear about it, you know, internet porn, your friends. But also, again, yeah, like, it's it's no longer seen as necessarily disrespectful or asking far too much, but... I think it is worth knowing why your partner might be really into something, especially if, you know, the anal sex that they then want to engage in doesn't seem too concerned with whether you're enjoying it or not. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big old red flag, that one. 
Cool. And in terms of, um, you know, we've got other videos as well that go into more like when the dynamic is we are curious to explore this together and not sure how, like some of the like to do safely, how to do safely yeah. stuff. So we don't need to go into that here, but if you want that, there's some, some more of that out there. Is it time for a sex fact? Yeah, I, I, I want to hear a sex fact. Is that because you've seen in the script, we've obviously we're both um, not reading each other's sex facts ahead of time to maintain the element of surprise, but you would have seen the heading of bird dicks. I did. And you were like, I can't wait to hear that. I, like, I can't wait to hear a classic <laughs> melody zinger. So this is, this is quite an amazing one because um, back in the day, nearly every male bird had a penis. Like, overwhelming majority. Don't and know the percent, but like in the 90s, you know, and now only 3% do. The proportion, Sorry, what? The proportion completely switched and somewhere along the way all the male birds lost their penises, all except 3%, and now they have cloacas. Do you know that word? Yes, I know that from chickens. Such a good word. So a cloaca is like an opening where, you know, poop and eggs and semen, like it all comes in and around. And most birds have this orifice and like mating is just like a kind of rubbing, rubbing together yeah. situation. I think it's called a, what's it called? A cloacal kiss. Um, but when it comes to like why birds lost their penises, there's not actually like science doesn't know. There's a couple of theories that I'm going to share with you. Okay. So one is that they evolved that way to allow for flight because, you know, a lot of yeah. birds used to be flightless and it was like a less body weight equals Too a greater capacity to fly long distances. But a spanner in the works of that theory is duck dicks, which are, are like proportionally for their body size are huge and they're incredible long distance flyers. They're also mm. spirally, it's worth Googling. but Maybe that's got some, I don't know about I, It's physics, not a propeller. <laughs> <laughs> but on average, a duck dick is 20 centimetres long, and the longest ever recorded was 42 centimetres long. So that That's theory really is long. like on the edge because, you know, if they lost it to allow for flight, how come ducks can fly so far? Another theory is that bird copulation involving penises was a little bit, just a little bit like rapey for female yeah. birds liking, and so they started selecting for smaller and smaller penises until they disappeared. Which I kind of love because I'm like, watch out, human males. <laughs> um, I just can't believe it dropped that drastically. But it's amazing, isn't it? Like the flip from used to mostly have penises to now almost entirely just don't. That, that just disappeared. Yeah, honestly, I'm going to use that one. Yeah, that's a that's good one. That's a good one. I hope you remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for sending in your questions. If you have any questions um, playing on your mind, you can email us at hornyonmainpod at gmail.com or keep an eye out on the re-insta for our next question call out. I'm Elena Bates. I'm Melody Thomas. See you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.